Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined by Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. guys we're back a uh what is it day two days late um on to uh kind of discuss i guess Corey. it's gonna be a little bit of a recap of the games that have followed since our last episode we have some world junior stuff to discuss too but uh before we get into any of that how how have you been buddy how was your uh weekend uh it was fine i worked the saints game which uh I watched the World Cup, or at least the first the first half. I caught a bit of the second half in the quad waiting for the game to start. Um, a great fucking game. Uh, not the Saints. I don't care. Um, yeah, pretty good weekend. It, it's so cold down here. Uh, everyone is losing their minds. It's so cold. People don't know how to act, don't know how oh, to yeah. drive. You want to know how what cold is it? it is? Fucking 15 degrees. It is. Feels like 48 degrees outside. That's that's what the that's what the the weather app said. It's 52 degrees. Feels like 48 Fahrenheit. What the fuck is that? So 52. <laughs> let's okay. 52. I think it's like I think we it's like 52 minus 32. Um, 20 degrees. It's nine degrees out. It's nine degrees for us. If it's forty, if it's forty-eight, no, the feel is forty-eight. Oh, so what is it? Fifty-two, mm, brother. Dude, have I been saying it's like minus thirty-two, and it? Uh, I've been wrong for like forty you've years. Like, you've been living life lavish. I live on the edge. Um, yeah. So everyone's freaking out. It's hilarious. <laughs> the news has just been. Um, there's a frost tonight. Here's tips that you don't know what to do when there's a frost. Wrap your shit outside. Put blankets on your your plant life. You know, it's like shit like that's going on. Like we have time for that. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, so everyone's acting like it's the end of the fucking world. Um, it's it it could snow on Christmas, which is uh, a bad omen down here. Last time it it's snowed on Christmas. Omen. Last time it snowed on Christmas was uh, Hurricane Katrina the year before yes, Hurricane sir. Katrina. So if it snows in the winter, hurricanes follow. Bad ones. Uh, is that actually a thing? That's, I think, it's not like a thing, but hurricane, I think it was George, which was like the big hurricane when my when my parents were young that like destroyed everything in its fucking path. There was, there was snow on Christmas before that one. Um, hurricane Katrina is the most, well-known one so everybody down here is like if it snows people freak the fuck out and the kids are like yay and the parents are like i need uh flood insurance uh, <laughs> wind, you know wind damage coverage like the whole nine yards you know like don't don't buy anything expensive uh, anything that was expensive return it it Put might it not in. it might not be here it might not be here like Wyklowski. Um, yeah, dude, just getting ready for Christmas. Uh, I'm a fucking badass. I put off my final pH day, my personal holiday. Uh, until this week, I was off Monday, had a doctor's visit. Everything looked legit. Um, but yeah, so I have a four-day week for Christmas. I have a four-day week next week for New Year's. And I have another four-day week. So I'm fucking riding. I'm riding steady. I'm riding steady. So the week before Christmas this week, I have a four day. Next week is technically the Christmas week on our paychecks. I have a four day that week. And then the New Year's week, I have a four day. So three weeks of only four days. I couldn't have planned it any fucking better. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, bud. I Um, wish I could say I planned well ahead, but I'm working. (laughs) McMasons. So I got that look to look forward to. And I want to say, um, before we get too into it, if uh, the listeners hear any rustling, I apologize. I'm currently puppy sitting and she is going through all of my fucking shit periodically. So I apologize for that. Yeah, little Ahsoka. What the fuck is she doing now? Anyway. <laughs> right. My cat Tron's on, on the... Uh, she's like dangerously close to my mic right now. She is cold. The cats are cold. All the cats, all the outside cats that, you know, like I'm just a free range kitty. Uh, they're all inside because they, they don't know what the fuck's happening out there. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's not that it's cold for them. It's It's been raining or at least drizzling nonstop. And there's like, they're like, I have nowhere to go. You know, like everything's just damp. So they're all inside and she's just putting on a show right now. But yeah, I'm good. I'm chilling. Right. It's good to hear. Um Let's just hop right into it because we spent an ungodly amount of time talking, just catching up before we started. Yeah, talking about Star Wars, talking about some other shit. Oh, God. Sorry. You're good. good. Um, No no one cares. Turkey used to interrupt our fucking feet all the time. Turkey! Well, yeah, so Habs played Tampa. Don't really want to talk about it. Didn't really want to bring it up, but there's only two things. There's only two things to talk about. Wi-Fi's hit on Sorelli, soft, clean hit that forces a maroon fight, which which is like it doesn't force shit. 
Maroons well, no, just fucking That's what bust. I'm saying. Listen, that's all I was coming to is that Wi-Fi handled his business twice. That was a pitiful fucking fight. It wasn't even a fight. It was just Wi-Fi teeing off on him. Um, but I brought it up because it reminded me of like what happened, like what Romanov did con- consistently. He would destroy somebody and then they were like, we got to we got to fight him. We got to fight him. You should not have to fucking fight someone for a clean fucking hit, especially not to Anthony Sorelli. I mean, look, I dude, and <laughs> if you hit Sidney Crosby, if you hit Connor McDavid, you you know, not you the second line him. center. <laughs> He's the third line center. I mean, look, dude, if if they hit him like they hit that guy from fucking Buffalo, okay, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like it but it was a soft hit. It was a soft, good check. No, it was just ridiculous. And, and the only other thing I mean, is... And what the fuck? And sorry, when are these old fucking tough, quote-unquote tough guy veterans going to fucking learn not to throw down with Jack guy? No, I love it. Let, it. let it keep going. Let it keep going. This kid's, this kid's oh. fun. This kid's fun, buddy. Um absolutely kicking their asses though i don't think maroon got a punch in he didn't he didn't even dude he tucked he stayed tucked the whole time just catching it off the ear i'm surprised he doesn't have a a fucking cauliflower on his right on his left ear um but yeah uh other than that uh caden ghoulies passed to suzuki and suzuki buries it from like such a crazy uh you're skipping games buddy no, I'm not. This is the Tampa game. We this had one goal. Tampa. We had one goal. Ghoulie on Suzuki. Oh, you're right. Sorry. I thought because you were talking about the, uh, the one in Arizona. That's my bad. No, 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 no. I had brought it up because you brought up last episode that Suzuki has this knack for shoot, like for, for that. That's like his new spot. Is like yep. coming around the back, waiting yep. for it, and just top shelf with like no angle. Like it should not fucking happen. No, but it does. And by like speaking of Caden Gooley, uh, player we kind of at least I wanted to give the spotlight to today. with his 44 seconds of power play time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so much um, more. Playing like an absolute god. So yeah, the Tampa game was tough. Um, we're going to move on from it because there's not much else to really say. It's, it's what you expect from Ruby. Stop. Sorry. Um, it's kind of what you expect when the Habs play a team like Tampa, they're going to kick our fucking asses. And it was the outcome we all kind of thought would happen. So moving on to the, uh, Arizona game. Mullet Uh, arena, baby. Mullet arena. Yes, Absolutely. The worst fucking Let's talk about the arena. It, the atmosphere looked sick. Looked terrible. <laughs> looked like poverty, if you ask looked me. Like dog shit. No, I looked loved like it. I loved it. I loved it. It was loud. And it was fun. It was loud because Hobbs fans went down to fucking. No, man, it was a sea of black and fucking... It was all the fucking Snowbird Hob fans. What are you talking (laughs) about? They were olaying in the fucking ceremony, like the opening ceremony. Like, Come on, dude. That, look, 
If I had the money, that's a game to go to. You only got two more seasons at Mullet Arena. These I don't go to games. I don't fucking buy this whole. You gotta see this. You gotta see what a fucking game in a fucking community center. Yes, dude, it's the best of the Wait, best. Every Canadian has seen that. They've seen the best of the best. Oh my god, home! It's basically a shitty hometown hockey game, dude. This is like fucking craft hockey oh. town. That's what I'm but saying. It's, it's, it's the actual. Hockey. It's the actual fucking season. This is oh. massive. This isn't just a game of shinny. This isn't just shinning. You know what I'm saying? This is an actual fucking game that matters. It doesn't. It, this was not a game that mattered. This was the fucking toilet bowl. But no, we're it getting was. no, it wasn't. We're it getting wasn't. off. It, it was the toilet fantastic. bowl. We needed to lose this game. The Habs did not deserve to win this game. Um, Mike Hoffman. Honestly, all in all. I think this was one of the worst games the Habs have played all fucking season. They look like they had it a lot was terrible. Of fun. There was two players that I thought played exceptionally well. One being Caden Gooley. Actually, we'll say three: Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris, and most importantly, Samuel Montembeau, who had to make what fucking thirty-seven saves <laughs> to even get the Habs to OT. Um, ridiculous. And the young D, um, you know, like, I don't think we need to shower Monty with any more praise. I think. Actually, Corey, do you want to talk about him a little bit? Before yeah, we he's, get to he's the... great in this game. Yeah, so. Monty. Um... Monty. Uh, he, uh, fuck. Saves, saves versus shots. He had 37-39. Posted a point nine four nine. Uh with uh, 61 minutes of play. Great game for Montembeau. If I'm not mistaken, there was like a point where it was like like 16, 17 shots by Arizona to like five for Montreal. Yeah, no, Arizona completely outplayed the Habs. And I had an interesting uh, discussion last night on Twitter with someone about how I think someone said, like, look, Monty's not going to be the guy in Montreal. And I think that's a fair assessment. And I was talking to this person that was saying, well, no, I, I think it's unfair. They were saying basically they think it's unfair to write Monty off and say he doesn't have a chance to play his way into the role. Uh, Corey, I think. In, what else you do may, you have? <laughs> I think you may <laughs> argue. I think you might argue this, but I think it's much more likely that Samuel Montembeau plays himself into a trade than it is that he plays himself into the starting role for this team. Um, well, these well, are games that, look, game like last night, as a fan, you want to win that game, obviously. When you're watching the game, you want to win. That's not a game management wants to win. And I know that in, I'm not big on, like, rooting for else. I hate the tank, quote-unquote, culture. But we are rebuilding. And a game games where you get outplayed are games you want to lose. Now, Samuel Montembeau, very well, you know, maybe he could turn himself into a great goalie. Goalies blossom late often. 
He's still on the younger side. He could become a NHL goalie, and I think he will become an NHL goalie. I think he may be there. But the track record and the age, especially the track record, but the age as well, indicate that, one, he's not going to. The odds are against him. And, two, that he's not going to fit our window. But if he's going to play this well all season, I think – and he's Somebody gonna will steal, take him. Yeah, and if he's going to steal games like this, he does more damage to you on the team than he does off of it. Somebody will take him. Look at Charlie Lindgren over there and Washington with the first star last week. Exactly. And I think it's important to know, and I understand, like I said, I'm not big on this whole tank culture, but Jake Allen did a great job last year as the starter playing a shit ton of games, getting peppered, putting up respectable numbers. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> he let us win games we should have won. Mm-hmm. And there were a few of them. But games we should have won, we won with Jake Allen. What got up Slavkovsky and that first overall pick was the fact that we had a backup named Samuel Montembeau who never... <laughs> ever stole games right Mm -hmm. having two goalies who are capable of stealing games while you're trying to rebuild is not a recipe for success so as much as we have heaped praise and i think justifiably so onto i think that it's far more likely and would probably probably be far more beneficial for the future that montembeau plays himself off the team into a trade than it is he becomes the starter and the goalie of the future. I think he will because I think I think the organization is ready to bring up Primo, whether they think he's the the future or not. I think it's I yeah, let's I just let's just put it this way. If they get an offer for Montembeau, they're gonna fucking take it because they have someone in the in the wing that whether he's either going to do one of two things. He's either going to become lights out and then it takes the pressure off of having to keep Allen or he's dawed or he's got awful. And then we finish out the season getting us better odds at a lower draft pick, you know, that's fair. So I, I like your thought on uh, Primo as well, because not only yes, like Primo's getting old, and I don't think Primo's the answer anymore. I know we were really high on him. Mm-hmm. And if you want to call it development, yeah, I think development played a role. Also, he was a seventh round pick. Yeah. So you know what? I'm 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 honestly I think confident enough now to say that we were wrong. I was wrong about Caden Primo, but why I think you're right and your assessment that management is ready to just see with him this management team doesn't have any emotional attachment to Caden Primo no they just like put him in and we they can do the same to, thing that we do to uh Montembeau if he, they if just he shows wanna, brilliance we we got Frederick Dichow on the back we, what's his name the gnome or whatever Frederick D. Chow Joe Verbetic they have they have young goalies and yeah so get him in the league let him start getting his you know his his turns his experience and sooner or later you know he's either gonna we're not gonna resign him or someone's gonna take him or he or, just 
he just he, sits and helps be a, a tandem for the next group. Exactly. And I think at this point, management probably just wants to know what they have too, right? So if one of those goalies gets dealt, I think that mindset, if that is the mindset they have, will allow them to deal one of those goalies. And I think... Yeah, the, the youthful guy is going to move. You're going to keep Jake Allen because his his window's leaving. We got him at a good price. Montembeau's playing great. He'll get shipped. We'll bring up Primo. And- well, the the only I think the only hinge is that the goalie market's ne- it always there's always hype for the goalie market. Mm-hmm. It almost never materializes, which I think is unfortunate. But, but not for it, us. It doesn't matter. It's well, we have, I think we have a guy that people are going to want. The goal goaltending has been bad this season as far as a lot of the teams that I think at the start of the season we thought we're gonna be in the goalie market. Mm -hmm. Case in point, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sissy, get away from the fucking mic. They're doing pretty fucking well in the goalie department now. Edmonton was a team up until a week and a half ago, I think absolutely would have paid for a goalie in the you know the trade deadline. But is fucking Jack Campbell playing good? Stuart Skinner is playing, playing like a god. Wow. Vancouver has this Spencer Martin kid who has played really well too, right? Yeah, so throwing Datrick Demko out, huh? They yeah. Well, I mean, Bruce has to save his job. But anyway, um, I just think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Personally, I hope they get rid of one of these goalies because, like I said, no, it's no debt, it's no like shot at monty he's doing his job well i would never ask him not no to. this is honestly this is a great honor i i, I know that too good for this gonna... roster is a great i would yeah if i want you traded it's because either a you're mike hoffman or b Jesus. you're too good and you're hurting that like i need you to get off this team yeah speaking of mike hoffman i'm um, getting back to the win and why it was upsetting for me. One, we didn't deserve to win. Two, our goalie kept us in it. And three, Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris, Cole Caulfield all made awesome impact in that game. What about different Arbor Jack Eye with that fantastic? Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? That. Yeah. The Basically, youth- the youth D, we can just say that. But. <laughs> The fact that fucking Christian Dvorak and Mike Hoffman had two of the goals. It's just like when those are the guys that got you over the edge, it sucks. And I can, you know, put an asterisk in the Dvorak goal because Jack, I did make that play happen, but Montreal won in overtime with fucking Kirby doc, Mike Hoffman and Joel Edmondson on the ice. That is not how the Habs, first of all, said they were going to win games this year and be how you want them to win games this year. Not to mention, Doc was on the ice, yes, but it was a Mike Hoffman individual effort that was the reason we, we won that game. That is not how I want to win hockey games. And I always want to win hockey games, but and I'll, let's be honest, I am a huge Mike Hoffman hater. Mike Hoffman's a selfish I barely word, word bad word. I barely cheered, as terrible as that is to admit, because I was like, Good job, Yo, Hoffman. fucking Hoffman. <laughs> I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Hoffman's like for Kaidasov of semi pro. 
yeah, it's just that's not how that's not how we want to get in games. I only really from a logic, obviously, like I say this the podcast when I'm being analytical and I'm speaking logically is different than when I'm sitting on the couch. When I'm sitting on the couch, I want the Habs to win no matter what. I want Marty to pull the goalie with down three goals with five minutes left, and I want him to win that fucking game. Yes, but what's best for the franchise is different than what Mason with three beers in the third period thinks. And that is only winning games where your young guys carry you. I realistically, that's what you want. Um, so yeah, I was just, uh, it was a little upsetting and two, um, some of the usage, but before we get into that, um, I think we, do you want to talk about Ghoulie and then we can get into that or. Yeah, that's fine. That? Uh, cause Ghoulie, um, yeah, let's just go straight to Ghoulie, the ghoul. Okay. Well, we spoke about it earlier and kind of got off track, but Caden Ghoulie had, I think two of his best games of the fucking season. Yes, he got walked uh, by Trevor Zegris uh, like a week ago, and it was looking a little rough. But Caden Gooley has consistently played with, I would say, subpar partners. Joel Edmondson's been pretty bad the last couple of games. Um, David Savard is David Savard. So to see what he's doing now and really activating offensively, that fucking Cole Caulfield goal happens because Caden Gooley just pulled off a fucking Makar. It was a Makar fucking rush. Just skates it in and goes behind the net, you know, delays, makes a beautiful pass. But my favorite part of that play was actually before he even got around the net, as he's skating in, he handles the puck and he has it on the outside, kind of away from um, like towards the boards. Mm-hmm but he makes a little feint and he brings the puck towards the net. So it looks like he's about to drive the net, which causes the defender to pivot and move towards the slot to protect the slot. He then quickly changes angles and moves back towards the boards. That little movement allowed him to make the entirety of the rest of that play by, you know, switching quickly and faking that defender he was able to open up space so he didn't have to make it rushed. And he had a clean entry behind the net. And then it gave him the time to look, see that, okay, I need to make that little pivot, makes the pivot, gets to look, sees Caulfield, makes that pass. The rest is history. I thought that was just an elite play by Kane Gooley and something we've been seeing him do more of recently. And I think we saw him rushing up quite a bit that game. Um, but yeah, as you alluded to earlier, how many minutes of uh, power play time does he have on the season? Uh, 14 total. He had 44. No. Or maybe it's 12 minutes total. I'm sorry. Something. Re- and he had like 44 seconds. Yeah, 44 seconds in the last game. He definitely doesn't have 14 minutes. Sorry. <laughs> Are you sure about that? No, I'm not. Um Okay, yeah. You're asking think, me on the spot and I'm just I think the number I think the number was 44 seconds or something. I'll double ridiculous. check for you right now. A minuscule amount of power play time and I think it's absolutely get off of my Jesus. So yeah, I thought Caden Gooley like the last like couple days has just become I think he's been playing at a really effective level um before that. 
but these last couple of days, I think in my okay. mind have really solidified Gooley as like, I think, I think it's fair to say probably a top five in Calder voting. Okay. You ready? I'm sorry. Uh, Per Reddit Habs on Twitter. Uh, shout out Habs on Habs Reddit. Uh, daily reminder, Caden Gooley somehow has 29 seconds of power play minutes per game this season. A total of 14 minutes and 24 seconds on the okay. last place power play in the NHL. Damn. And that was 22 hours ago. Just ridiculous. 14 minutes yeah, total, no, and think- we're like... How many games in? Uh, we're 30, 32. 30-something, 30 yeah. We are 32 games into the season. And, yeah, but like I should said. should be I eating Gooley, power play minutes. Gooley has been playing really well, I think, all season long. Uh, I know the defensive metrics haven't been favoring him, but I think a lot of that is due to his partners and playing on the top line. But if you look at the stats, um, Keaton Gooley is – 13 points in 32 games. I believe, let me just quickly double check that. I think he's now, I think, tied for third or second among defensemen. Uh, Points by defensemen. I need eye drops. Oh, my God. Tron is killing me. He's ahead of players like... Uh, yeah, so he is ahead of Jake Sanderson, um, Owen Power, um, other players. Like, is this I, is this just rookie defenseman? This is or? rookie defenseman that okay. he's doing okay. better than. The only rookie defenseman that has more points than him is Kalen Addison, who went Ooh. off to a ridiculous start with Minnesota and it's been pointless for a, mm. like a while now. Um, personally, I'm not saying he's a front runner. I'm not saying he's going to win the Calder, but I think if you don't have Caden Gooley in your top five at this point, you're kidding yourself because he's just been playing that well. And I think he's been unlocking a, an extra tier and a, like extra bit of offense that a lot of, fans and scouts maybe didn't know he had in his arsenal no that's fair um just on that play he broke down like yeah that's something that can be taught but like the way he went about it it's just i don't even know if that's just muscle memory i just think it's like almost like embedded in him like that was just so i don't think you like how do you have the time to even come up you know to like to think that on the ice like i think it was just just came natural for him you know no absolutely i i i i would i would say it's probably taught but like the the skating ability it requires like to be able to like Caden Gooley's skating ability is not something that can really be taught right like and not yes you can know what to do but being able to pull it off is different and Caden Gooley possesses that ability Oh man, I'm sorry. I had to put my fucking pad down. Um, this is terrible. My eyes are like all destroyed. Uh, allergic to cat dander. Um, but yeah, I'm back. I, I just had like a massive sneeze attack. I'm here though. <laughs> all right. 
Yeah, no, Caden Gooley is, yeah, in second. I was looking mm-hmm. it up as you were talking, but yeah, Kalen and Anderson, Addison first. Okay. Yeah, so um, before we, uh, I think we had like a couple more topics to talk about. Before we get into that, we do have a message from our friends at DraftKings. We sure the fuck do. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement for you, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with the same game parlay. Combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot in an even bigger payout. Y'all remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And we're back, Mason. Yes. Perfect. Um, That's what you normally say. What's that? You normally go perfect. <laughs> perfect. Uh yeah. So Kane Gooley, absolutely fucking phenomenal. Jordan Harris, Arbor Jack, I also played good games. And you remember before we, we thought on... in the beginning that it was gonna have to one of them was gonna have to go. And now we're just like, yeah, we're just gonna have to move an, a different piece to keep these guys. <laughs> they they've all like I think yes, all three of them have played well, but it's also a combination of the fact that there's you know, nothing. Everyone else, everyone else everyone sucks. Else like shit. Yeah. I think on a good team you could afford to put one down, but I think mm-hmm. we over. I definitely overestimated. Um, Honestly, I'd rather just ship everyone else and bring bring up the rest of the fucking the young decor. <laughs> just just to have a youthful movement back there. To. I think with four rookies, you've already got a youthful movement. Make it six. <laughs> um, but before, uh, sorry, before we get into like kind of my negative thoughts on the rest of the game and some personnel decisions, I want to give a quick shout out to Anthony Richard, who made his Montreal Canadiens and season debut. Uh, against Arizona um, has only played two NHL games before like years prior. Hmm. I thought he played so fucking well. Not only is like, I knew he was fast because I watched um, like the training camp games and you could tell this Mm -hmm. guy could just fly. You lead the AHL in scoring for a reason. um, Goal scoring that is. And I think he's like second in points Hmm. in the entire AHL. Um, but also just the tenacity. This guy was working hard in the corners for not a big guy, too. Going after pucks, almost scored, but chose to pass to Evans. Um, just I think he just had a bunch of really good opportunities, played really well. I think he's absolutely going to stick around. And ended, this, ended the game promoted to the second line. So he was getting shifts, playing well. Um I I thought he played like a, just a phenomenal game, Corey. Yeah, no, he uh, 
let me look at it one more time. He's sitting at about, yeah, uh, just about 11 minutes. They even put him on a little bit of the power play. Uh, yeah, two shots on goal, three hits. Definitely making himself noticed out there. Uh, like a, a better Michael uh, Pizzetta of last year. Like just came out with that, that oomph, that, you know, explosiveness. And um, you saw a good bit of it last, well, yeah, last night. I'm trying to look up at his, his AHL stats right now. Um, He has like, I think it's like 18, 18 goals and... He's uh he's third in third of the entire league. Uh he's played 27 games. He's 18, 18 goals, 31 points. Yeah. yeah just playing fucking phenomenally uh for that team. Um, but yeah, so I mentioned that he did get promoted to the second line, and I was very happy for him. However, I was not happy with who he got promoted like for. And Mm -hmm. my issue is that Slavkovsky did have, let's be honest, Slav had a bad game. You didn't, I don't think you're denying that. I'm not denying that, right? I think it was a tough, I wouldn't necessarily call it like a bad game. It wasn't a good game. He had a rough game. But, Whatever, right? It happens. The whole team had a pretty shit game. To then bench him, and, you know, you might say, oh, he just got demoted to the fourth line. Slav paid, played 56 seconds in mm-hmm. the third period. Oh, that's After the second, that's all he got. Last night was also coincidentally – the last, like, it was the deadline for sending a player to the World Juniors. Now, I still, I'm iffy. We talked about this. I think if Slav's playing well in the NHL and getting opportunities, he should stay up. We spoke about this. We agreed, to the, we agreed with each other on this. What I don't want to see is Slav getting benched. Yeah. <laughs> and not going to the world juniors. That is not how you grow a player. That is not good player development. And it is not what Marty St. Louis said was going to happen. I understand that Slav played poorly in this game and you wanted to win the hockey game, but he, Marty said this. So this isn't me being taking shit out of context. He said that he would not try to win games by benching his young players. Well, that's exactly what he did. Benching Slav in an effort to win the game. Yes, I think Anthony Richard deserved something for his efforts, and you were in a tie game. But demoting Slav was not the solution to that, and stapling him to the bench isn't going to teach him anything. I think a big part of Slav's game that was missing was his confidence and he was finally gaining some. The reason he was making mistakes out there is because he was trying shit. As young players do, he needs to learn what works and what doesn't. Marty St. Louis, who I've been very happy with and I have been very supportive of, just fucking like 
really hurt my confidence in him mm-hmm. last night by doing that. And not only that, but now they can't send him to the world juniors. So if I'm about to watch Slaff from the end, from, the, from now till about mid January, just play Slaff in a, in a fourth line role, I'm going to be pissed because you know what? Slaff would get definitely gain a lot more from dominating at the world juniors playing 20 minutes a night than fucking playing eight to 10 on a fourth line Habs team that's struggling right now. Right. And he wasn't even getting power play time. Like it was just ridiculous. And I just think it's strange that we finally, he's Tron, you got to go that he finally gets a chance on the second line. And now he has one. Sorry. Uh, he has one bad night, and now this is what we have to deal with. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. Uh, my cat's freaking out. Sorry about that. Uh, I just had to kick my animals out of my fucking room. Normally, they're very calm. But, uh, yeah, please continue. Now I have to work my magic uh, and try to fix the audio. You were talking, buddy. Was I really? Motherfucker. Um, what was I talking about? Son of a bitch. We're talking about Slavkovsky getting benched. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's just so fucked up that, like, we finally get him on the second. We get him on the second line. We, 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 you know, the last episode, we, we had hopes that he was going to do well with finally some, like, competent players next to him. He has an off night, and you throw his ass, like you said, you borderline throw his ass on, on the fourth line, but basically bench him. You fuck him out of going to play in the world juniors if that's the if that's the case. Um what the fuck? This is like a reverse Shane Wright situation, like they did to him, uh Shane Wright in, in Seattle. Like if we're about okay. to deal with that coming up, th- it's gonna be terrible. And do you remember what I said? about the demotion when or sorry not the demotion the promotion i said when it first happened i'm very happy with this but it better be for a minimum of three games mm-hmm. like three or four games we didn't fucking get there and yeah he might trot him out you know next game on the second line again but you can't just like i don't know you know what I mean? Like you're not helping that player's confidence. No, that, that was that was a tough look. The way young players learn is by playing the fucking hockey game. Dude, he's fucking up out there. You tell him he's fucking up out there. He you knows he's him. fucking up out there. He's a first overall draft pick for a goddamn reason. Got a point. These guys have been playing hockey their entire lives. More so now than ever. I bet you Slaff was fucking playing hockey at two years old. So for 16 years, this kid's been playing hockey. If you're a 16-year veteran in anything, like any profession, you usually know what the fuck you're doing, right? So I think Slaff knows at the bare minimum when he's playing bad. You don't. He doesn't need Marty St. Louis to staple him to the goddamn bench. Especially when it's not Slav's fucking fault they're losing. 
It's the goddamn power play. And I know we're like kind of beating a dead horse here, but my God, is this coaching staff beating a dead horse, sending the same fucking team, same strategy out over and over for years. Now, I was a big fan of the Alex Burroughs hiring, and I know you were you were as well, Corey. Mm-hmm. This is getting fucking ridiculous. The drop pass doesn't work. I was getting fucking PTSD watching Drew N these last couple <laughs> of games drop the puck back because I remember in 2017-18 when we first got him and he was doing that shit. It didn't work then. It's not going to work four years later. And just the, like, like, oh, it's so... I don't know. The, the, the drop pass has the opportunity to have, like, your star get absolutely work. level because No, of but it. that's... The other thing is that what team have you seen with a good power play that does that? You're just allowing teams to build, to brace themselves for your entry. They stack all four players at the blue line, make it incredibly difficult, force you to dump it in anyway. So basically you waste all that time to dump the puck in on top of that. You know, if you want to try the drop pass once in a while, do it. You do the same thing every time. Yeah. Not only are you the worst power play in the league, but you're, you're the predict- most predictable. So teams that don't even teams like the Anaheim Ducks that have terrible fucking penalty kills and also take a lot of penalties don't need to worry about you. You have Cole fucking Caulfield, who is top 10 in NHL scoring or goal scoring. You have Nick Suzuki, who's been on a heater. And you can't score on your goddamn power play. You have Mike Hoffman, this fucking self-proclaimed, and TSN calls him one of the best trigger men in the league, power play specialist, and you can't score power play goals. Yeah, throwing donuts and then just just standing around above the dot. It's it's not – it's at this point, I can't blame the players. Because I have seen fucking beer league power plays that are able to – get better zone entries than this fucking team and have better possession and play it better across the boards. It's ridiculous. So something needs to change. And I am like, at the end of the day, basically, if we're going to summarize this episode, I am not happy with the fucking coaching staff right now. I think this is not what we saw at the start of the year. And this is not what's going to revolutionize this team. Yeah, it's we're not so fucking predictable. Like, I don't even think you know, you know how they show like the coach, like the little clips of the coach coming in, having like a little chat before the game, like to get the guys ready. They have got to just like they come out and it, it's like, don't even worry about the don't even worry about the PK drop pass. Just remember the drop pass. Just, you know, stack them up. It, it's got to be so simple playing against us. Like these guys haven't changed anything in 25 30 years go out there play your game we know their game like you should never especially with a new organization basically come in and still be able to say we play our game we know theirs yeah it's ridiculous and i don't know i just don't understand what <sighs> I don't know. I don't really know what else to say other than 
you have young players, you are expected to do poorly. Yet you're trying, you, like you're trying to win games with veteran guys when you said yeah. you wouldn't, and it's not working anyway. So why the fuck you won't just play your young guys makes no sense to me. Yeah, just give them the experience. Give them the uh, old Nick Suzuki treatment. Just let, or just honestly say, guys, figure it out. You guys do it. I'm sure they could, like, anything would be better than what they're doing now. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's crazy to me, but um, do you let's have just, anything? Let's just move on. Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Uh, why are you ready, ready to get her going? Uh, that's that's my topics. Okay, well, let's uh, – first off, I just read this. Um, shout out to Andrew Hammonds, has retired from the NHL at 34, whether you like him or not. I don't think I don't think you did. Uh, he was one of the funnest goalies to watch back in, what, 2016, 2017? Mike Matheson is an, out indefinitely, at least the next eight games. Uh, where, where else we got? Uh, oh, I wanted to shout out house of hockey. So, um, another group on the THPN network, um, two great ladies do more of a, uh, extreme fan or just love of the game style of a podcast. And, um, why am I blanking? Anyway, the one that lives out in LA went to uh I don't think it was an LA game. I think they went and saw the US team uh you know get a good first look at the US team that's going to cross Canada's fucking juniors team. Team anyway, the LA Kings announcer recognized her and then did a fucking cameo with her promoting the fucking show saying it was his favorite podcast and I just think that's awesome for them. Um, their podcast is amazing. I highly recommend it. If you're looking for uh, one that doesn't really just analyze the game con- consistently, they bring up topics, they bring up current events in the game, but a lot of their guests are just former players or like diehard fans, and they just talk about the love of the game in itself. I think it's a really great podcast, um, and obviously the LA Kings announcer you know, recommends it. Uh, I only blanked on their names because, of course, because it's mid-fucking episode and I, I'm just not prepared. But uh, I know Ray Ray's name. I'm sorry, uh, Bree. Uh, but, yes, it's Ray Ray and Bree of House of Hockey. Let's see. Uh, the Michigan goalie. So I uh, I sent that to Mason. I thought this was pretty fucking cool. Uh, Michigan um, and the NCAA, they're uh, – dealing with a lot of injuries to the point where their backup goalie had to come in and play left wing for a game. Uh, I couldn't really find a lot of uh, stuff on it, but, you know, whether or not he he played well or not, but I think it's really cool. They showed a, a little clip of him doing a little, you know, pregame warm-up. I thought that was fucking awesome, you know, just showing a little hand work. Um, and I think that's it, really. Uh you got anything else? I don't think you do. I think you're ready. You've done, you're already pissed oh, off. I think you're ready to go. Pissed off? What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, you know, just done with this team. <laughs> um, Yeah, I am. But 
I do <clears throat> want to first and foremost um, send my condolences uh, to all the families of the people that were involved in the recent Vaughn shooting. Um, mm. There was a, um, I think six people, one injured, five killed um, in a condo building um, in Vaughn, uh, Corey Vaughn's in uh, the GTA. Um, okay really unfortunate just terrible awful thing that you know you just never want to hear about so um my uh condolences and my thoughts go out to the family um also special note um this one really touches home i think to Habs fans uh one of the uh victims who were was killed was um victor mete's grandfather oh no who um was killed in the shooting i uh, don't want to name the shooter because why the fuck would i give them any press any but yeah. uh yeah based just a fucking awful terrible incident with tar- the targeted killing of um people who were on the like the 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 condo board um so terrible um yeah uh to all the families um to the mete family to victor himself habs fans uh habs nightly is with you and uh we pray uh and send our kind regard our best wishes sorry to um to you all as you try to navigate this situation i just i forgot to mention at the start of the show so i want to make sure I'm glad uh, you mentioned. brought it up. No, that's very important. That's, so with you. that's tough. Um, um, yeah, so sorry to end on kind of a damper note, but <laughs> wanted to just get that out there because uh terrible, just terrible incident. But uh yeah, we we're praying, we're praying for y'all. That's unfortunate. Yeah, we appreciate if you have made it this far. Um, you know. Thank you for listening. Thank you for um, keeping uh, the victims' families in your mind. And uh, we'll see you guys at the next episode of Habs Lively. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.